The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Gaslighting, a trending word that's everywhere. What exactly is it? Psychologically manipulating someone into questioning what is actually true. You question your judgment on absolutely everything. everything. My career started to suffer as a result. Photos of her boyfriend with another woman were splashed across tabloids around the world. And he says, if you saw the two of us together, you would see we're just friends and you would be able to see what a psychopath you are. The Crown's Rebecca Humphreys reveals the damage after years of being gaslighted. When you confronted him, what happened? <laughs> Dr. Romney is breaking it all the way down. It's I'm going to dominate you. You're going to live in my reality. Stop being so sensitive. You're crazy. That yeah, just happened yeah. to me. The definitive guide to spot and stop gaslighting. People get stuck on, oh, you're gaslighting because you told me that never happened. That's halfway. The other half is when they dismantle you. Ooh, that part. I love your robe. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Gail. I like the color you got on. Thank What's you. Ice, ice blue. Ice blue. Mm -hmm. Ice blue. Ice blue. I like it. I like it. Well, you know what? Today, this is a deep one. It I is. have lots of questions. Yeah. So yeah. millions saw this video of a famous British comedian passionately kissing a woman in an alley. But the story behind it is anything but romantic. Before landing a coveted role on the award-winning series, The Crown, 
Actress Rebecca Humphreys thought she'd met her own Prince Charming, a gifted stand-up comedian known for his high-energy performances. About five years into their relationship, he was cast on the UK's popular reality show, Strictly Come Dancing. Rebecca's gut told her something was off about the new friendship he'd formed with his married dance partner. When she questioned him, he called her psycho, nuts, and mental. Then, on her birthday, he told her he was going out for an innocent drink with his dance partner, and Rebecca's worst fears came true. Her boyfriend caught on camera kissing his dance partner. Before she knew it, the explosive video made headlines around the world. Psycho, nuts, mental. All classic signs of gaslighting. Rebecca came in from London to share her warning for all. So tell us about your relationship so we can kind of get the picture. We were together for about five and a half years. But what's so important for people to connect with is not that this relationship was toxic. This relationship had moments of pure romance yeah. and sensitivity and tenderness and intimacy. Yeah. But it was a cycle that on occasion took a darker turn. There were arguments, there were real moments of explosiveness, but then that would be papered over with that tenderness and intimacy that would come mm. back in. Yeah. And let me tell you something, the feeling is like someone pushes you out of a 15 story building and then catches you a foot above the pavement. Oh. And when they catch you above that pavement, you go, Thank you so much for catching me. It feels so good. It feels so good to be alive. Yeah, it's very intoxicating. It's so intoxicating. And then when that darkness comes again, you just ride it out because you're waiting for that next That's time that you get caught. It's like thrill seeking. Yeah. So what happened when you, because I'm sure you tried to confront him about this, right? Okay. So that was my birthday when those pictures were taken. But I'm there at home and I'm going, I know that I sort of have a, a weird perception of what reality is, but I feel like it's not okay for him to be out with another woman. I feel like mm. that is not all right, but yeah. I don't know if it is. Like, I don't know if I'm being needy or, right. you know, whatever it is about me. Oh, that's deep. He's appeared on, it's Dancing with the Stars over here, but in the UK, it's Strictly Come Dancing. And he's, oh, okay. he's done a great job, the two of them. Mm -hmm. And so he comes through the door and I say, I feel as though there is something happening here. And I remember it so clearly. He stands there in the doorway and I'm on the bed and I'm crying. And he says, I just feel like if you saw the two of us together, you would see we're just friends and you would be able to see what a psychopath you are. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's gaslighting. And the next day, I get a text message saying, hi, I feel really bad about what happened last night. Maybe this weekend we can have a special day and I'll make up for it. And I go, okay, we're back on track. Everything's right. great. Cut to three days later and he just says, the tabloids have got pictures of me and the dancer kissing. And I am telling you, <laughs> I will never ever forget the moment. I've described it as like a, a photocopier. Yeah. This white light just started here and went all the way through my body when he told me. And I just went, oh. And my face just lit up because I was right. right. And if I was right about that, what else have I been right about? Yeah. 
Rebecca's ex apologized, saying, in light of today's newspaper, I would like to offer my sincere apologies for my actions. This is no excuse, but it was a one-off drunken mistake, which I'm truly sorry for. There's no mention of me. There's no apology to me. Right. I hadn't been apologized to at all. Yeah, now how did that make you feel? That wasn't the first time I'd heard the words one-off drunken mistake. Mm -hmm. Right. Let me tell you. It's right. It had happened many, many years before when I had found messages between him and another woman, sexually explicit messages on Facebook. We shared a laptop. Right. And he obviously hadn't logged out. I was like, we're done here. A few days later, he's begging for me back, of course. Right. And he says, it was a one-off drunken mistake. Mm. And I'm truly sorry. Got it. And so when this statement comes out, right. almost five years later, I'm like, you have learnt that being sorry for a one-off drunken mistake works. works. And it's because I enabled it. Yeah. It's because the last time I chose to believe it, I say that gaslighting feels like tiny poison arrows. And you don't notice them. They're so light. But what they do is they inject poison into your body until yeah. poison is just pumping around your veins and you don't even know. Yeah. Can you give us any other examples of how you were gaslit? Stuff like, you remembered it wrong. It didn't happen like that. It mm -hmm. happened like this. Or I didn't say that thing that you're saying hurt you. I didn't say it. And then I repeat it. He goes, well, OK, maybe I did, but I didn't say it like that. Right, Not yeah. in that tone, you know, in right, that way. Yeah. And it sounds really small, but it's incremental. Right. Gaslighting is so insidious yeah, <laughs> and so subtle. subtle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That it can go on for years and years and years without you even realising yep. that you're waking up in the morning with a part of you eroded away. Yeah. Over time, you're so used to being shut down that your instinct is to say, that hurt me. But I've been told so many times that actually my brain kind of doesn't work, that I'm just not going to say it. Right. And before you know what's happening, you question your judgment on absolutely everything. everything. Until suddenly there you are in the grocery store one day, not even knowing what food tastes good in your own mouth. Yep. Mm. And you just don't know what to buy. You don't want to get things wrong. You're questioning your judgment at every turn. My career started to suffer as a result. Mm. I'm an actress and a writer. Yep. I use my voice. Well, you lost your voice. I lost my voice. Yeah. Yeah. My voice has been dismissed for so long that I start to not even utilize it or right. use it. The question is, when we're in relationships like this, what is it about us as women in particular who are prepared to betray ourselves and our feelings in order to sustain these relationships that hurt us? Mm. Okay, now let's talk about that for yeah. a minute because that's a deep subject. Mm -hmm pop culture and the media told me that it's very important for me to have a relationship because I'm a woman. <laughs> you know? Straight up. All I know yeah. is that... Yeah, you have to have a man. I yeah. have to have a man, otherwise what am I worth? Right, because unfortunately that's what we're told. We're not exactly. worth anything unless we got yeah. a man. And that's the thing, I think we as women, we're supposed to give everything that's valuable, our self-dignity, to make allowances, to have this relationship right. that makes you worth something. I mean, a huge thing that I have learned as a result of this relationship is that I don't have to stand next to anybody to be worth something. Right. I don't have to wait for anyone to make me 
uninvisible. Right. Yeah. I am in charge of my visibility. Right. People need to know that you think your life will be worse by leaving. Yeah. But when I left that relationship, that's when my life started. Yeah. It was like my sanity was handed to me. In an in instant. In that moment yep. when he told me, the tabloids have got pictures of me and the dancer kissing. It was like a cleanse. It felt like pure empowerment. Was it that moment that you decided to just break ties? It was that moment. Good for you. And I was like, wow, I'm liberated. Good for you. Thank you. So, one of the world's leading experts on gaslighting and an RTT favorite, Dr. Romani, is here to help us. She also has an awesome new podcast, Navigating Narcissism. Dr. Romani, how would you define mm -hmm. gaslighting? Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation right. and emotional Ooh. abuse in which a person's reality is doubted. It is done repeatedly right. with the purpose of psychologically dismantling them and leaving them feeling as though they are mentally unwell and fully dominated by the gaslighter. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Wow. This isn't just... That never happened. Right. I think people get stuck on, oh, you're gaslighting me because you told me that never happened. That's halfway. Right. Yeah. The other half is when they dismantle you. It is more than being dismissive because dismissive is sort of, you know, you're crazy. Yeah. But because gaslighting is a grooming process, it doesn't happen just one time. They got to figure out that they can even do this to you. They're testing the waters. Oh, she bit. I'm in. Now I can dominate. Because if somebody fights, it's the first time said, no right. fool, I said that. Right? <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and then they say, no, you didn't. You're crazy. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not I'm crazy. Well, we're good. Peace. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're not going to be able to gaslight you, right? You just got the hell out of Dodge. I love that. No fool. (laughs) So gaslighting has a certain level of intention. Intention to dominate, right? So nobody's walking into this saying, I'm going to gaslight her. Uh Right. It's I'm going to dominate you. You're going to live in my reality. You're going to live in my narrative. And actually it was, I take charge and it happened like this. And this is how it's Mm going to happen in the future as well. Yeah. But it's more complicated than that, Rebecca, because a lot of people don't want the relationship to end. And that's sort of the ace in the hole Mm. that the gaslighter always has. So if you push a gaslighter and you push back on it too much, I guess you're not that committed or interested. I guess you really don't want this. And you're thinking, actually, there's a lot of good days in this relationship. That's why these toxic relationships work. If they were always terrible, (laughs) everyone would run screaming out after the second date. But they're not always terrible. In fact, sometimes they're so blissful, they feel extraordinary. And so when they're about to pull the plug, that's when people, no, 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 you know what? Maybe I did hear it wrong. Right. Grooming process continues. It's a process of indoctrination until you really are a shell of yourself. There's no more you left. Yeah. They took it all. Exactly. When you are kept caged for such a long time and you're being tamed, suddenly the accusations that you start throwing at someone feel erratic and they feel huge yeah. and they feel pff, psychotic. Yeah. And then that person goes, you see? Hmm. What's this? Yeah. What did I tell you? And you go, 
I see their point, yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, this psychosis. I mean, a, a huge tragedy of it is that the biggest betrayal is to yourself. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. almost as though the victim's perspective is like a gradual lowering of expectations. Yes. Right. That then, bare minimum in a relationship, how are you? Did you have a good day? You look nice. Those things become like the sun is shining on you. <laughs> you think you're in something that's actually wonderful. Yeah. Healthy. <laughs> and cool. healthy. You do, for, for that moment, that's a process called breadcrumbing, yeah. mm -hmm. where you get by on less and less, where mm -hmm. you used to get a whole slice of bread, now you're just getting a few crumbs and you're calling it a meal. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> that's deep. That's good. <laughs> It's yes. good, and the nourishment that you feel yeah, from that. Yeah, you're thinking, I'm fed, oh, I'm yeah. full. Absolutely. And you hold, hold on, on to you hold that. on to those little crumbs, yeah. and you turn that into a relationship in your mind. So what does a gaslighter do? Once they realize, like in Rebecca's situation, right, he got caught in the alley kissing someone. It was all over the tabloids. His narrative is blown. In most cases, the narrative doesn't get blown, right? right? The person has to live in this horrible uncertainty. The world doesn't find out. People are still doubting you. So this was an extraordinary circumstance because right. now it's been blown up. What happens to the gaslighter? The shame means that they're gonna be on the attack. They're gonna try to make themselves look good. This isn't who I really am. Right. You're judging me unfairly they will immediately go into a defensive position. Gaslighters defend. Gaslighting is not lying. There's a difference. Okay, break that Everybody down. thinks, oh, you're just talking about lying. No, we're not. Because you can bring a liar around if you bring evidence. So if you said, I wasn't there, I wasn't there, I wasn't there. And I'm like, Jada, you were there, you were there. And then I said, Jada, here's a picture of you there. And you're like, you know what, Romani? Yeah, I didn't tell you the truth because I, I didn't want you to know you weren't invited, okay? Right. So a liar will cop to it when you give them the evidence. Whoa. A gaslighter will double down on their deceit <laughs> when you catch them and they'll turn it into you're crazy. So if you were gaslighting me, Jade, you'd say, wow, so girlfriend's paranoid now too. You need to get some mental health help because only a paranoid fool would be showing me a picture of where I'm at. So now it's become about me being crazy rather than you lying about being in that place. And most people in my position will be like, I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy. But by now we've moved off the story of you having been at that place. Oh my goodness. That's gaslighting. Yeah. Woo, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's so unbelievably validating to hear good. it put in those, good. like, good girl, no, I, I really that. mean that. Like, yeah. it, it just made me think about when everything came out in the papers. Well, he was my ex-boyfriend at that point, and he did a stand-up comedy tour and said on the tour, I'm not a gaslighter, I'm just a bad boyfriend. It's like... Right. And see, that right there is a gaslight. It's a game of narrative control, because we get so lost in our narratives for what we want a relationship to be we're more vulnerable to the gaslighter's mm -hmm. tactics. I feel like in order to be in a relationship, you have to have some idea of who you are yes. yourself. Yes. Oh, yes. If I had my way, I would take every woman on the planet and send her to sort of a place where she's taken care of, but has to be alone six to eight hours a day. Yes. Alone. Yes. Because what we do is we fetishize relationship. 
We <laughs> fetishize yes. being on, with Dr. other people. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right? That's what we do. Right. And people actually feel shame when they're spending time alone. Think of how many women are reluctant to even go out and have a meal by themselves. Yeah. Because it looks bad. When people are in their post-gaslighting, post-narcissistic phase, I prescribe a 12-month detox. Absolutely. No relationships, no sex. Yep. Get a vibrator. Yep. Call it a day, but you are not <laughs> touching anyone. Yeah. You need to find you. You need to figure out what kind of pizza you like. You need yes. to figure out what music you really do like. You need to figure out what temperature you want that thermostat on. Or you're going to fall susceptible. Yeah. Yep. Dr. Romani, what are more examples mm -hmm. of gaslighting? Stop being so sensitive. I've just told you your emotion is invalid. Right. right? And then I'll take that one step further. Stop being so sensitive. You're crazy. Right. So I any reaction I have is showing that I'm emotional, dramatic, sensitive. I got to bring that down right. because you're believing their characterization. Right. And now you don't ever allow yourself to voice an emotion again because anytime I do, I'm being sensitive. There's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So people hold themselves back. You must be paranoid. Are you sure you're not having memory problems? Right. Maybe you need to go see the doctor. Hormonal. Hormonal. Yes. You're on your period. You're perimenopausal, you're pick a hormonal time in a woman's life and it's, it's, yes. it's yes. open season. Another thing, can't you take a joke? <gasps> oh, oh, that was a huge, huge one for me. Yeah. That yeah. just happened yeah. to me. Yeah. So all mm -hmm. of these things are meant to say, you're not allowed to have an emotion, your feelings are not valid, there is something wrong with you. Gaslighters at the core of it are deeply insecure, right? <laughs> right. No one's on a power trip unless they feel this big inside. <laughs> right. They feel small. And so they make everyone else be as small as, as they them. Are. And they are not necessarily aware all mm -mm. the time that they're doing it. Not right. at all. There's Jesus. no awareness. I and they won't go to therapy. So they're not showing up for help because they don't think they're doing anything wrong. Does a gaslighter know that they're gaslighting? Here's the problem with gaslighters. They're not in touch with their why. They're uncomfortable when they're not in the dominant position. Mm -hmm. So they're going to use whatever tools are at their disposal to maintain that dominant position, including the gaslighting. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to bring you down. And once I test the waters and I realize you're not leaving, mm -hmm. I gotcha. Right. Rebecca, if you had left that relationship from the jump, that would have been over. That's why my eminent advice to everyone who's, how do I avoid this? Get out early. <sighs> Early, early, early. So how is a gaslighter created? In the vast majority of cases, gaslighters are narcissistic. That's called 80%. But for some folks, the gaslighting is something they watched happen in their family. Yeah. They were regularly gaslighted by a parent, so it almost felt like that was a fair way of communicating. But people learn it. Especially if they saw the parents doing it with each other or yeah. step-parents, remember, yeah. you're like, oh, we're arguing, so I'm going to deny it because that's how it was always done at my house. Yeah. I never said that. That's a good point. Okay, so Dr. Romani helped us put together some scenarios to show just how easily gaslighting can happen. You were supposed to pick me up from work today. Did you forget? Um, you never asked me to pick you up. Yeah, I did, remember? I waited for like an hour and you didn't pick up your phone. No, you're confused. I recall you telling me that you're catching a ride home with your coworker. No, I, was, I sent you a text this morning as a reminder. Babe, you're wrong. I never got a text. There's no text in here. Look, look, look. It says it was delivered. There's no text, okay? 
people. So that pushing away of evidence, see, she had the text showing I had sent you the text and no evidence, no thank you. Great, so first I'm a bad boyfriend for not picking you up and now you're accusing me of lying? This, this is why we always argue you're crazy. All these little interactions, like I'm sick and tired of your accusations and trust issues. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right, I am probably just being dramatic and I ask you to do too much. I am a great boyfriend and I'm sick and tired of being treated like this. You are a drum queen and we cannot continue like this. Do you understand? Oh, wow. Dr. Romani. Do you see what she was doing? She was almost getting ahead of him. I, yeah, I don't remember things. I, I don't want to be dramatic. What happens if you stay in a gaslighting relationship long enough, you start doing their dirty work for them. <laughs> You've internalized their language. Over time, that becomes your self-talk. Wow. Always anticipating mm -hmm. being a mm -hmm. failure. Correct. And also the, I'm sorry. When you come with a problem, Suddenly, before you know what's happening, you're the one apologizing. Yeah. Over time in a relationship like that, someone like her will stop speaking up because you can already anticipate the argument. Mm -hmm. Wow. So gaslighting can happen in all kinds of relationships. Watch this. What are we having? I thought we could have pasta salad. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Jazz. You know those art director jobs we applied for forever ago? Mm -hmm. Well, he just emailed me. I got an interview. Good for you. I haven't heard anything. Are you ready for a job at this level? Wait, I, I thought you said when I applied I could be great at this. I've been wanting this for a while now and you don't think I'm ready? It's not that, it's just that normally this kind of job requires people to have a really clear vision. I think I'm ready. That's a gaslight, because you are ready. Your, your reality is like, I've got the experience. I know what I'm doing. I've even been offered an interview. I feel confident that I could do this. You know what? Forget I even said anything. Your work is great. You belong on a billboard in Times Square or, or the cover of Vogue. You can't be a little supportive. And you can't take a little joke. Do you want me to be the kind of friend who only tells you what you want to hear? You're saying that you're ready for this, right? So you must be. I was really excited. I've been wanting this job for so long, but now I'm second guessing it. I'm thinking about not even going to the interview. So Dr. Romani, what happened there? Part of gaslighting is that they consistently doubt your capacity to do something. This job's too big for you. <laughs> Remember, it's keeping you small. And a lot of people don't recognize that somebody undercutting your abilities and telling you you're not ready when you inherently feel you are, because most of us undervalue ourselves. But when someone's trying to hold you back, can't be happy for you. And then at the very end, you belong on a, on a billboard, billboard in Times Square. Yeah. So then they do this sort of shaming. It's a shaming and humiliating. And you wouldn't expect that kind of behavior or response from somebody that Supposed exactly. to love you. Yeah. And that's why then what does a person do? They're like, they must be right instead of who the hell are you to tell me I don't know what I'm doing? Yeah. And that's not what most people are going to say. They're going to say they're trying to protect me. Yeah. In my instance, I would be leaving the house for auditions. And as I left, barely looked up from whatever, the paper, and go, good luck. You probably won't get it, but do your best. Yeah. You know, wow. just that super that's passive. Wow. Yeah. But Ooh. that, every time? Yeah. 
yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Wow. This next scenario speaks, speaks on that. that. If you have a hard time speaking up for what you deserve, watch this. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hey, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. So, Paul, I have to say, I am so happy to hear that you are taking on the Simmons account. It's a brand new project, and there's just a lot. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. 
We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Going into it, and we think you're the right person. Thanks, Rachel. I'm really flattered that you all picked me. I really love working here, and uh, I'm definitely up for the task, but I did want to ask, with all this added responsibility, can I be compensated for the extra workload? Wow, Paul. um, I'm a little surprised that's your first question. Uh, I just thought that I might at least be able to renegotiate my rate or get paid for overtime. As you mentioned, it is a lot of work. You're twisting my words. I thought this is what you love doing. So you're saying you don't like this job? It sounds like you're just not really happy here. Is this not working for you? Another thing that's gaslighting that people don't even know is something called pulling back. When a person makes a very reasonable ask, ask, pay me more to do more work, and then you're met with, we're doubting your commitment to the job. There's other people who will take the job. Maybe we're not interested in you anymore. No, that, that, that's not it. I, I, I'm, I'm happy here. There are a lot of other candidates that are willing to take on this job at their current salary. It just seems like you're not interested. So I guess I don't really need to talk to my boss about it. No, no, it's okay. I'll do whatever it takes at my same rate. Okay, I really appreciate it. I know you can do it. Thank you. Thank you. Break that down. (laughs) Again, that piece of the gaslighting of pulling back, we don't need you anymore. Guy wants to keep his job. No, 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 no. Okay, I'll pull back. Now, this gets even more problematic when it's people who already don't feel their power in the world. Women, people of color, people of lower education or economic status, Mm -hmm. they already don't want to ask for a raise. Maybe I'm lucky enough to have Have the job, job. right? Which is a self-gaslight. No, they're lucky to have you if you're doing your job well. Once you make a need known, that that need is shut down, and you are viewed as sort of bad or asking too much. And if that happens enough, that voice gets stolen and they get what they want, power, control, dominance. Jeez, okay. So joining the table is Favor Campbell. For years after her divorce, Favor was convinced she was insecure, jealous, and overly dramatic. She questioned her self-worth, her sanity, and says, your advice, Dr. Romney. Yes. Helped her heal. Come on out here, Favor. Hey, Hey, Favor. I like that name. How are you? I like tears. (laughs) So nice to meet you. I'm so glad it made a difference. I'm going to start by thanking you because it really, truly did help me to understand and to know it wasn't me. When you're in it, you don't know. Right. You have no idea. I was married for 16 years. It wasn't all the way bad. There was plenty of good moments, which makes you question the gaslighting. But the last few years of our marriage, every small argument was turning into a big argument. And we were just not meeting each other. And like, it was just off. So I asked the question that I felt like I never had to ask my husband. 
I asked him if somebody else had his attention. I didn't think he necessarily, you know, wow. was sleeping with somebody, yeah. you know, but he confirmed that. And I asked him who it was. He stonewalled me and would not tell me. And in fact, turned it around on me and said, you know, if you find out who this is, you will blow this out of proportion. And it's one of those situations where you start to doubt yourself because you're wondering, am I wrong for asking? He said, you're ignoring all the other things on how we got here. Now you're just focused on that, that situation. How do I not focus on it? He's like, if you blow it out of proportion, it could just be really bad. And I'm like, but oh, what does that mean? Right. Like, what is going on? My daughter and I were going out to dinner and um, she's all, yeah, when I saw dad with so-and-so at church, it was like all the pieces floated together. <gasps> that makes sense. That is her. Right. So this has been the person the whole time, this person who you worked with for like 10 plus years, this person who babysat my daughter, this person who I've been to her house. When I found out that it was her, it was like I was wrong for right. finding out that it was her. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, and, and I would think to myself, what are you mad at me for? I'm the one that's like blowing this out of proportion, you right. know? We're trying to make sense of like, Okay, am I overreacting? What, what, you know, like all that's going through your head and you just cannot make sense of it. And, and to, to this day, he's married to that person. But of course I was imagining and it wasn't that serious and all of those things, right? right? First, he tried to make you feel like you didn't have a right to know. Right. Th that that is like the there. big glaring That was the one. big glaring <laughs> gaslight. <laughs> yeah. He turned the tables. That's, yeah. what, that's what you were saying gaslighters do. And that's it. And then all this, you're, yeah. you're going to blow this out of proportion yeah. is another Gaslight move. Exactly. Right. And you're overly dramatic again, the gaslight. Denying, yeah. yep. I'm not, I'm even stonewalling. Yeah, stonewalling yeah, is a s form of gaslighting. Right. And then disproportionate reaction, there's yeah. something wrong with her. Yeah. Mm. But even earlier on, the gaslighting things came out. Our first date, right? He picks me up and there's two other girls in the car. So at first I was like, you know, that's our first date. And he said he was giving them a ride home. So it was like one of the girls in the car, she likes you, but I'm not gonna make a big deal about it because I don't wanna be that girlfriend, right? I kid you not, he kept constantly saying, no, 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 she doesn't like me. No, she doesn't like me. We ran across her later and she ended up like having a crush on him. It took three, almost four years of us being married to where one day he was just like, yeah, she was being flirty with me. And for three or four years, I'm thinking like, I saw it and you denied it. Why yes. would you, and, and kind of laughed it off. Yeah. Here's what's so interesting. I don't want to be that girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There it was. Something happened that you were not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. with that, that other woman, when we say, I don't want to be that person, I don't want to be yeah. drama, yeah. I don't want to be high maintenance. Needy. Right. That's all, yeah, needy. Yeah. We've already internalized this energy yeah. of my feelings, my needs have no place in this don't relationship. Don't count him, yeah. it's all dynamic. It's all about him. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. yeah, that happens mm -hmm. so often. Yeah. One of the other components with him, with the gaslighting, was the facade. I mean, he could put on for people. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And then at home, you're a completely different, different. person. And then you go home with them mm -hmm. and they go, mm -hmm. that's not the real me. Mm -hmm. You know the real me. It does something to your ego because you're like, this person wants to share their actual selves with me. Mm -hmm. And that's intoxicating. Mm -hmm. But what is actually happening mm -hmm. is they're showing you they're two different people. And before you know what's happening, you're like, yeah. I feel special because I'm allowed to oh, see wow. this person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How they are. Yeah. yeah. What did Dr. Romney say that you found helpful? 
everything. Every video, every, you know, I feel like a groupie. Like, I would pull up her videos. I would go back and listen to certain things that I knew were very characteristic of him as I uncovered that he was narcissistic and the gaslighting. And it just brought peace because it helped me to say, okay, favor. You're not crazy. Yeah. yeah. And if you have even one person in your life that's your anti-gaslighter who says, I saw that. You are not crazy. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most curative tools we could possibly have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, ladies. This was a powerful, powerful table. Dr. Romani's podcast, Navigating Narcissism, is available wherever you get your podcasts. It is fantastic. I like this new donut glazed nail. Oh, that's pretty, right? Yeah. It's donut glaze. I'm kind of obsessed Loving with it. it. <laughs> I cut my nails. I get to that point where they get to a length and then I'm like, well, you done. You know what? You be doing a lot. <laughs> to join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.